Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode five of the OI and Offside Hockey Talk podcast. I'm joined this evening by Kevin Killer Kaminsky, former Halifax Citadel and the AAHL. Killer, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good, Jamie. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm uh, I'm located here in the beautiful province of Nova Scotia, and how's uh, how's Saskatchewan doing right now with uh, COVID? Well, we're uh, we're kind of well. We're not all shut down, but uh, hockey's shut down right now. So we'll uh, hopefully have some good news on January fifteenth when they come up with some the different, uh, I guess, regulations or restrictions. And uh, hopefully we can get back playing. I, I, you know, it's, we were, everything was going good. We were at 150 fan base at night. We, we, everyone had to send in their protocols to Sask Health and it was all uh, authorized by Dr. Shahab. And, and uh, we hadn't had one case, uh, you know, with the fans or anything. Um, uh, And it was, I guess there wasn't one case in, Melford, but it never spread. They they caught it and uh, they did the right protocol. And so it's just unfortunate that uh, you know that we did have to shut down due to due to COVID. But uh, like I said, hopefully uh, numbers decrease and uh, we can get back playing uh, the game that we love. This episode will drop in the new year. It was scheduled January eighth, I believe, for the WHL. And now it's pushed back with no timetable for a WHL return. Do you have an idea if uh, the WHL will start in January or maybe in February? What's your take on uh, a possible start date for the uh, WHL? Well, I think if if anything, like you said, we won't know the restrictions for the 15th, uh, you know, for the SGHL. But I know the dub, the dub has it you know, a little bit different because they have teams in all over, right? So they got Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC, and, and then uh, in the States. So uh, with with SJHL, everyone's in Saskatchewan and, I, and Manitoba, it's crazy, Manitoba, Flinflon, the Bombers, um, you know, Bobby Clark and Reggie Leach days, uh, you know, their their one corner of the rink is in Saskatchewan, and then the rest of it's in Manitoba. So, they they only play two games, and because uh, of you know the majority of the rinks in Manitoba, so they couldn't uh, they wouldn't let them play when uh, Manitoba was shut down completely. So, so yeah, so it just uh, you know that part, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether we get going. Uh, I think the dub has a lot more red tape to go through, but. Um, you know, it, it's, it's weird because, you know, I, I talk about the mental health and, and, you know, you go to the schools, you know, you got 1200 kids in school and then they keep going. And, um, you know, we, we only had 150 fans in the rink and now they want us to go to zero and the, the schools keep going. So if we go to zero fans, well, then let's get going. You know, I, I just don't understand the whole different aspects of okay well let's keep school going it's for their mental health and it's not coming the the cases aren't inside the school they're coming from outside the school but like again we haven't had one case with 150 fans 
yet we get shut down and schools keep going. So it's just, uh, it just baffles my mind that these, all these regulations and, and, and things that are open and we're, you know, we get shut down. I have, I have a friend in Ontario. He uh, covers the OHL and 2000 cases or so each day in, in Ontario. Do you, do you see a, a possible bubble happening in the WHL in Edmonton? We're, we're going to see World Juniors happening in the Edmonton bubble. Do you see the OHL going to Toronto and playing in uh, the Air Canada Centre in the Air Canada Centre bubble? Do you see that happening maybe with the WHL? I, well, I I think it's going to be way too expensive for, for the teams. The owners are going to lose their, lose their shirts, man. Um, you know, the, the world juniors is a whole different story. I mean, you got, uh, you know, they got the TV revenue, which is going to be huge. I mean, everyone, I can't wait for, to watch world juniors. I mean, it's been so long since you watch hockey. Right. So, I, I mean, the ratings are going to be astronomical this, this world juniors, because like I said, I think everyone is waiting to, uh, to finally watch some hockey in, in, in Canada here. So, um, but I, I just don't think it's feasible. I could be wrong, but I don't think it's feasible for uh, the WHL, the OHL, the Quebec, unless they get some federal funding. Um, the, the Q, the Q, sorry to cut you off there, Kevin. The QMHL, Q Quebec Major Junior Hockey League did get some funding right. from the the Quebec government, but there were then there was some uh, additional rules in place, you know, fighting rules and. Um, I got the privilege to go to a couple of Mooseheads games this year. And, you know, a guy got into a fight with a, another player and he was given a five minute major plus a, plus a 10 minute misconduct, uh, three fights in one year, I believe. Uh, I think then there's a suspension. So there was a bit of, uh, uncertainty at the, at the beginning, uh, whether the Q was going to actually happen, but then the, the Q government, uh, the Quebec government stepped in and did give the the Q some money, but then there were some additional rules that we're not used to because I grew up watching Q hockey in the '90s and the 2000s, and you know fighting was a thing. I know around 2005, fighting dropped off a lot. You you do see it here and there, but now it's more of like a Tom Wilson guy that can actually score. 20 goals and drop the gloves at the same time. So yeah, hockey has definitely changed. And I did see some of your interview with Rod Peterson and how hockey has changed from when you played in the eighties and the nineties. And now it's a whole different game. We'll get into that a bit later, but yeah, with, with some government funding, Hey, it, it may happen. May There may be a bubble. I know um, when I lived in Calgary, the Calgary Hitmen, I don't know if they still do, but they, they play their, played their games at the time when Hoagie played for the Hitmen. They played at the Calgary Saddle Dome. So, hey, maybe they could kind of see uh, it, it working because Calgary did play in that Saddle Dome. I know uh, a couple of years ago, the Ottawa 67s played in the Canadian Tire Center, the home of the Ottawa Senators, uh, because their facility was being uh, being repaired. So, so can you can you see it happening uh, if the government if drops some money yeah. into Saskatchewan? 
Well, I mean, the government's going to have to come up big time. I mean, because if you're going to do this, if you're going to fund it, obviously there's probably going to be no fans, right? So, um, you know, you got, so if you go into a bubble where let's say, let's say everyone goes to where Rod Peterson is Regina. Well, I mean, you have hotels for three months long. You got meals for three months long. I mean, that's uh that's a big time expense. Um, you know, I, I, gosh, I mean, I, I hope it does because I want to see hockey get going, but, um, definitely this prospect, you definitely want to see prospects, players prove themselves. And yes, we'll see players prove themselves over the world juniors, but you had, you had, you know, Shane Wright's not playing, um, in the world juniors, a player that we wanted to see, especially out here in the East, Shane Wright plays, a believe of the Kings, Kingston Fortinax and and we want to see Connor Bedard. Rod Peterson had uh, had a little thing on him and that kid's going to be a real treat to watch and we don't we won't get to see him now play uh, play for you know maybe all of this year who knows so right. um yeah it's it's baffling I mean like I said I I hope uh, uh I hope uh, all of hockey can get going again and uh you know, get back to uh, the game that we love and, and enjoy the, you know, to get back to, again, the camaraderie, the, the, the mental side of it too, to get out, to have your, be with your friends all the time and, 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 and have some fun while you play and, and get the exercise. I mean, um, but like I said, I'm, I'm just uh, one person, maybe I should have been a doctor, but uh, you know, uh, have to follow the rules, I guess. And then, and, uh, I just, I just don't understand them. That's all. And we feel, we feel the same way out East. Uh, even though you guys are in Saskatchewan, I, I have connections in BC and Hey, the Vancouver Canucks might not even, might not even be able to play in BC right now. There's a lot of talk. And, uh, uh one positive that came out of this week is yes, the NHL is going to start January 13th with, uh, the Canadian teams playing in the north, and then you have three other divisions. So that's positive news. But hey, who knows what will happen from now until January 13th? We'll touch up on the NHL in a little bit. But I I want to see WHL hockey. I've I've, uh, I've never been connected as much as I have been in the last couple months. I'm I'm a huge WHL fan. Uh, last. 2019, when the uh, Prince Albert Raiders were here in the Mem Cup, and Mark Habscheid and those guys were uh, such great people to deal with, and then I became a WHL fan. So I, I can feel you. I, I really want to see you guys play. We we had the we had the privilege to play hockey. We played uh, six games here in in the Maritimes, uh, junior age playing. But hey, it's it's. It's basically now from South Shore down to Yarmouth can play each other and then all the way up towards like Truro and some of the places in New Brunswick are able to play. Uh, Central, Centrally, uh, Central Nova Scotia has really been on uh, severe lockdown as far as going to the rinks and playing. And it, it's too bad because you see a lot of teams playing, but hey, we're not playing, but Health Canada's put these things into place, and we can talk till we're blue in the face. And um, I, I felt I find Rod Peterson a very good source on, you know, just 
getting his point across and just making sure we, you know, we don't get frustrated. And he's, he's just, we could talk about, Hey, should we be playing? Should we not be playing? We could be talking about this for days, but for right now, let's just kind of stay safe, enjoy the holidays. And, and uh, I, I really hope for you, your guys' sake in January that you guys are playing because every day I went to the rink, you know, I felt bad that my friends in BC couldn't be playing. You, you guys in Saskatchewan couldn't be playing. And, and even in Ontario, I have relatives and my parents are in Ontario. So it's, it's very trying times, but Hey, let's just, you know, uh, stay positive, especially during the holidays. And I, I want to move away from junior hockey for a little bit and get your take on the NHL. Um, yes, it's been announced the seven Canadian teams are part of the North division. Where do you see teams like Vancouver playing? It's it's been talked about Vancouver might have to play in in Saskatchewan. How crazy would it be if uh, Vancouver played games at the the Sastel Center? Is that the correct arena for the Blades? Yes. Yeah. So how crazy would it be for Vancouver to be playing in in Saskatoon? Yeah, I, I you know who who knows what's going to happen here. I mean. Uh, you know, you hear the Canadian, all the Canadian teams might have to move to the States. I, you, you know, again, it's kind of like, it's kind of like COVID right now. Just like you can speculate all you want, but you, you don't know, I guess, until uh, the NHL comes up with a, with a decision. So, but yeah, it might be uh, a possibility that uh, Vancouver might be, uh, you know, may, maybe playing in Saskatoon here. So um now, is that going to be good for the fans? Because I'm probably not. Because it's probably going to be uh, playing in uh, front of empty crowds. So uh, that that's the crazy part. But um, you know, we again, I would the, the NHL. The NHL has a pretty good handle on things, and um, I, I think I think they're going to have trouble starting on the 13th as well, just with there's so many cases uh, everywhere that. Uh, you know, but but who knows? They they have, they've got a lot more money to deal uh, work with and uh, lots of you know TV rights and, and everything else. So and, and and I know they the owners want to play, the players want to play, but um, time will tell. Well, there's a, there's also a time difference from uh, Saskatchewan to Vancouver, so I don't think the people in Vancouver are going to be pleased with the time difference and when they when they're used to seeing their team play. Uh, in Vancouver time, I believe it's Pacific time. So it's going to be an adjustment. There's going to be no fans. So really, I, I think it doesn't really matter where they play as long as, you know, the seven teams in the Canadian division do play. And I want to see it Vancouver and Toronto. Uh, I want to see them play five or six times. I don't want to see each team play nine times. I know a 56-game schedule is may have teams playing uh, about eight or nine times. I'd, I'd like to see it around 48 games. Um, I don't like the 56 game, uh, 56 games they have in place. I like to see a 48. And then it makes the Canadian teams play each other maybe around six times or so, not, not eight or nine times that they may end up playing each other. But just give me your, give me your top seven. What, what's your, uh, take on the, the top seven where, where do you see each team uh, finishing at the end of the uh, 
the 56 games in the, in the all Canadian division. Oh gosh. I, I, you know what? I have trouble keeping up with my own league. Never mind. Uh, never mind the NHL and, and, and what, and what they're trying to do. I, you know, um, I mean, uh, obviously you want to, the Canadian teams to do well. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully all of them can, uh, you know, have a good showing. I think uh, Ottawa's obviously on the rebuild, and uh, I, I think Toronto hopefully has learned and uh, um, goes along a little bit farther. And I think Edmonton's ready to uh, make that next step. I think Vancouver's same thing. I think they're ready to make the next step. So, um, yeah, it's going to be. Uh, uh, definitely interesting to see uh, where the Canadian teams uh, fall into place uh, once the regular season gets going. This, this episode will drop the first week of January, about a week or so before the, the actual January 13th start date. And I've I've talked to people from Sportsnet, uh, TSN, and, and Rod's had some uh, guests on as well to kind of give people an understanding of when the NHL might start. And I agree with uh, a lot of guests he's had on and a lot of people I've spoken to with Sportsnet and TSN and they, they say around the Feb 1st, uh, the Feb 1st, Feb, February 5th, that week that we may see the NHL start. So again, like you could talk about the NHL starting and what may happen in the next month before January 13th actually is here uh, until you blew in the face. So I'm I'm really done, you know, talking about this situation, and I just want to, you know, again, stay positive. And for you, don't you want to see your team be playing like in January? Well, definitely, yeah. I mean, well, we're going on the 15th, so hopefully, we can get going here uh, around February 1st, where guys come back. You know, got to get them. Uh, kind of back in shape and, uh, um, you know, get them going again. So, and, and I, you know, are they going to have to isolate? Are they not going to have to isolate? Uh, you know, so, so who knows? Like I said, we'll see what happens on the 15th. And, and, and I know it, it'd just be nice to play a 20 game schedule for us and hopefully playoffs. Um, you know, again, we, we want to put, uh, every team has 20 year olds that, uh, are looking to go to college next year, or some might turn pro. Um, you know, so it's uh, uh, you know we need to play those twenty games and get those guys scholarships, and then then we can move on from there. Just just tell the offside viewers about your junior team and and what you're what you do with with that team. Yeah, my uh, you know I, I recruit uh, you know it's sixteen to twenty years old. Um, uh, you know, the, the, these kids, if, if, if they play in the dub, then their kind of college career is kind of shot, especially in the, in the States. Um, so a lot of these kids, uh, that, that, that are really good book smart and, and, and can play, you know, they come and play for us and then they move on to whether it's division one or division three college, um, or youth sport or, whatever it is in Canada, that's, that's our goal is to uh, develop uh, 
these kids throughout their career in, in junior um, and move them along to, uh, to, 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 you know, again, scholarships in the States and scholarships in, in Canada. You know, I think it was eight out of our 10, 20 year olds last year uh, got scholarships. So um, that, that's what it's all about. We want to um, make that a, a statement for LaRange Ice Wolves hockey that uh, we're, we're here to develop and we want to move you guys on to the next level and, and, and get a get a degree in college. Yeah, just looking up the your status with the Lavange Ice Wolves. I, I'm thank you for pronouncing that. I wasn't wasn't going to be able to pronounce that that team name, Lavange Ice Wolves. You're the the GM head coach in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. So, yeah, we, we've been we've been playing down here, and we we have the the one Ontario kid that uh, may play in January or February, but. Uh, for you guys, it's a, a different story. It's a totally, totally different league. But when, when do you guys see, when do you see your team playing? Like, when do you, when do you think you'll see ice time? Like, I know uh, we're back to practicing with uh, no more than twenty-five uh, kids on the ice. That includes two coaches and myself, uh, part of the hockey operations here with the local junior team. But when do you see um, your your guys getting on on the ice? I hope it's sometime in January. But uh, when when do you see uh, your team back on the ice? Well, um, the, you know, like I said, I, I, January fifteenth is going to be the big date uh, with the SAS, Sask Health giving us new restrictions, and if hockey's going to be back, if it's not going to be back, um, you know, hope, hopefully it'll be January fifteenth, and then the guys will have you know, three or four days to get uh, to their teams and wherever they're going, Yorkton, Melville, Estevan, Melford, Flint, Flon, LaRange, whatever it is. And then, you know, practice for 10 days or whatever, then hopefully we can uh, get going. Like I said, with the 20 game, 25 games and, and, and go from there. So, but I said, we, we can't do, we can't even practice. We can't do anything until uh, January 15th. How are the uh, how are the bus rides? I I've spoken to a few people who uh, cover each team in the the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, and they're they're a tad bit younger than you are. But how are you uh, how are you on the bus rides? Like how I know we don't take the bus in 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 the Maritimes here with the team I'm with. It's you know within a two hour drive, so we're not on the bus very much. So just curious of how the bus rides are through the, the prairies of uh, Saskatchewan? Well, I, I think our the longest bus drive is eight hours, which is oh, wow. absolutely nothing. I mean, once you're, so you, once you're like used said, to, I, I guess you really, it just seems like nothing. But like for us, it's we're two hours from each, two hours on this side, two hours on the other side for uh, each each uh, contest. Um, I know when you get to the junior, yeah. a, junior a level, it's a bit bit further. I'm, I'm in the... I'm in the B level, so it, our bus we really don't need a bus for two hours. So I was just curious right. how how the the bus rides are in in the prairies. Well, they can uh, depending on the weather. It can be uh, very chilly with it's minus forty and uh, the wind chill maybe blowing at minus fifty five. So like you said, it's uh, um, you know we got stuck. Uh, once this year in preseason, uh, going to Flint Lawn, 
So Flim Flon, Nippowin, and Melfort, which is all, which is our division, um, they're all three and a half hours. Um, Humboldt's five, uh, Battleford's five, and then I think Yorkton, Melville, which is my where my dad is areas from, is like seven hours away. And then, like I said, Estevan's is the farthest. I think at eight. So you know what? I've been on the bus my whole life. Uh, Took a little break, I guess, when I played in the NHL and took some planes, which was nice. But uh, I, I'm used to it. I enjoyed. I, uh, you know, I, I know I'm getting older, but uh, you get a lot of work done, and you can take a few cat naps here and there, and uh, just get prepared for the game. And uh, uh, you know, like I said, you're uh, being on the bus with the boys is again that camaraderie. You hear them chirping back there and having fun, and. Uh, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, like I said, my, my, uh, passion and, uh, oh, just, uh, the dedication for the game for me is, is, is absolutely, uh, nonstop. I mean, it's the brain, the brain never shuts down. It's always go, go, go on hockey. And, mm. and, uh, you know, but uh, that's, that's the way I'm wired and, uh, the fire's what I do. And like I said, the fire 21 years coaching. The fire's still in your belly, and I, and I, I got the, I got, I got the exact same. I'm the exact same way. I, yeah, I'm at the junior B level, but hey, you know, if you want to move up or if you you find the right team, and you know you gel and everything works out in that organization, you want to see championships, and you, 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 uh, you never want to stop. And I, I got the same problem. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's a problem. I got the same uh, thing going on I, in me. I, I just got a passion for the game. And, hey, who knows in X amount of years where I'll end up. But I uh, I do want to visit Saskatchewan. And someday, I, I've never visited Saskatchewan. I um, was almost... in the summer. I was almost... Tempted in 2013 when uh, the Halifax Mooseheads won uh, the Memorial Cup at the in in Saskatoon. I uh, I didn't get I was that at that game. I, and I'll I'll ask you about that here shortly. But I uh, I never got to make that trip. I think I was working at the time, and really in the last couple months uh, since COVID, I've really now settled in Halifax and giving back to uh, the local team is. It's, it's a great feeling and and that's uh that's not going to change for a very long time but and, and you being from saskatchewan and giving back to the community it, there's no better feeling and uh we do have a one weekend trip to cape breton i, I know you're familiar with cape breton because you played with the citadels and i uh, might have had some trips up up there i think if i don't believe though cape breton was cape breton in the league Cape Breton Oilers in the league yep. with the Citadels. Okay, so yep. you would you would know the the Cape Breton Nova Scotia trip, yeah. And uh, my girlfriend's from Cape Breton, so I'm up there quite a bit. And but I started half of last year, so I missed the Cape Breton trip. So I haven't been on the bus, like I said, uh, with this current team. So just curious of how the bus rides were for you. But hey, if it, once you get used to it, it, it seems like nothing, right? And I I uh, have a friend with a varsity team and. He's been on a lot of bus rides, man, and I've just, hey, once you get used to it, then hey, it's it's no big deal. But yeah, no, I, got, I remember from Youngstown, Ohio, one year, our closest trip was eleven hours yeah, uh, I, to uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, 
and we ended up uh, our, our farthest trip was 42 hours away to uh, Preston, Arizona. Oh wow! Uh, so yeah, so I've been on I've been on bus rides all over the U.S. Yep. continent and uh, and Canada and all that stuff. So yeah, just uh, like I said, it's part of the game. Uh, you know, like you said, it's uh, you're addicted to it. You're addicted to the game, and uh, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and your hockey DB is pretty lengthy with all the teams you played on. So we'll touch on that in a little bit. But besides your home team, Burn, what's your favorite Burn to visit in uh, the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League? Um, well, like I said, I I, I know Moose Jaw. Man, I, I think a lot of the Moose Jaw, I think uh, Medicine Hat, um, all got new rinks. Um, uh, you know what I mean? It, uh, Brandon was always fun to go to. I mean, Regina, Pats was always a nice rink to go play in. I mean, yeah, it was uh, Prince Albert Raiders. That, that's a good rink. I mean, it's a, it's still the same one. It's it's old. It's got great character. They've won a lot of championships, put uh, a lot of players into the NHL. You know, Dave Manson, Baumgartner, uh, Mike Madano, the list goes, Darren Kimball, the list goes on and on. So, so yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, all, all those all those rinks have uh, have history, and uh, with the great players that uh, that played there and went on to have great uh, pro careers as well. I gotta ask Killer, how was the atmosphere when Wendell Clark got into a fight with the with in those rinks? How small was the rink you and him played in for the Blades? Well, you know what, I, I, I was playing AAA Midget Blazers, so I, I only got a, uh, like, I think I got four games called up when I was 15 and five games or five games the next year or whatever. Um, but, yeah, as a 15-year-old, I got to play with Wendell Clark. And uh, and when I said that, man, I moved to Saskatoon to play Saskatoon Blazers AAA Midget. So whenever we weren't playing or it was a weekday game, we always got to go to uh, the blades game and um, uh, to watch Wendell. I mean, just, uh, um, he, he, he just did it all. I mean, his skating back then was absolutely phenomenal. He played defense. Um, he could skate better uh, backwards than more guys could. He can still play. He can still play. He can still play. Oh God, yeah, he's, he uh, uh, he comes up here in alumni games with Jackson events and man, and I'll touch up on Denny Denny Marouk in a little bit. Um, I believe you played with him in Minnesota or Washington. We'll touch we'll touch up on uh, Denny Marouk and he can still play too. And there's a lot of alumni that can still oh, play. Gosh, yeah. But I was I was curious of how Wendell was in in that in that rink and how hard was those punches. I imagine the rink was cold, and he's he's tough as nails. I just wanted that one uh, Wendell Clark story from you, and I, I can't imagine being in that that uh, Saskatoon Blades rink and seeing Wendell uh, chuck the knuckles. Yeah, well, that was back in the old barn days uh, downtown, and I think it held about thirty-two hundred. And oh wow, um, you know, I mean, the fans. Uh, uh, yeah, I was just on a podcast called the Monday Nooner, and. And uh, it, you could smoke back then uh, in the rinks and all that. So it was just like the the insulation from the rink, from the roof out on the rafters. It was 
it was hamburger and popcorn grease and smoke was just dripping down. That's uh, but the, but the old barn it was uh, it was a lot smaller than a normal rink. Um, so you know the GM Daryl Lubinicki built around that uh, where you know he had physical tough teams and and all that stuff. But yeah, Wendell, um, you know I, I mean I watched him get in so many fights, but uh, I remember the one time I think it was a uh, Paul and Chuck. Um, big six foot five dude, uh, uh, try to take him on and Wendell just, uh, knocked him out and there was blood everywhere. It was right wow. by the bench. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, Wendell had such a great core balance. And, uh, like I said, he, he threw and, uh, you know, he, he, he threw for hit, hit the hurt, you know, put you, he's going to knock you out. You know, that's what, that's how he threw. And, um, yeah, he was just an ecstatic player to watch. Uh, like I said, he did everything. And uh, like I said, he he brought uh, Saskatoon uh, Blades fans to their feet uh, uh, a lot more than once. And he never stopped make, when he made it to the NHL, uh, fighting Bob Probert, fighting Martin McSorley. But do you remember your first fight in, in the WHL, if there was one fight? That, uh, yeah, actually, just tell us about your uh, very first fight and uh, let me. I believe I heard a story. I think I'm, I think I'm, looking at the right story here. Did you fight Mark Messier at one point during a line brawl? I, I did. Yes, I did. Okay. Um, it was it was weird because there was I didn't I, I was on it was a change I was going for a change and then there was a scrum so. I already had my foot up on the bench to, you know, to, to go off. I was tired. And, um, and then the boys were saying, killer, there's kind of a scrum. So I went back in and, and we had uh, Mike Eagles. We had uh, um, Mark Tenorti and Craig Berube. And I can't remember wow. Jim Johnson, I think was the other one um, on defense. And uh, so I was just like, yeah, all, all those guys can hold their own. So Mark, Mess was uh, on another guy, I think on Tenorti and, and some other guy was going or trying to get at Tenorti. So I just said, look at, I'll, I'll let these guys go. I'm tired. So I just kind of grabbed Mark and just kind of, I, I just wanted to do nothing, but he started chirping. So we started chirping. He threw the first punch and away went at it. And uh, that's how the fight went down. So, um, you know, whatever. I mean, if, uh, I respect the player like that, but uh, if he wants to go, let's go. Which teams, which teams uh, were involved? Which team did you play for? Which that was uh, New York. That was that was when I was with Washington. We were playing New York Rangers. And did you know at the time when you when you skated up to Mark Messier, it was, it was number eleven, or you just grabbed the first guy you? Uh, well, yeah, no, I, I just like you said, there was two guys on Tenorti, so I just grabbed Mark and I just thought, you know, um, just I'll just take him aside and just do nothing. But like I said, he uh, whatever he chirped and turned around and threw the first punch, so I uh, wasn't going to stand there and take uh, take many more. So dropped them and away we went at it. No, and Mark Bessie is a big fella, and I. I... I've never seen him fight. And that's an interesting story you just told, you know, you and Mark Messier get into a fight. I never thought he would have been involved in any type of altercation. But going back to your your first fight as a Saskatoon Blades and 
and uh, how was that? Well, first of all, I was on Rangers' first, uh, uh, their their best uh, or best fan. I'll tell you that they <laughs> they uh, they despise me. So, uh, but anyway, no, it was just uh, I got called up as I said as a 15 year old um, playing in uh, called up to go to uh, Saskatoon and. Um, uh, So we're, we were, we were um, in the Prince Albert zone and uh, we had some pressure on and it was going back the other way. And right at the red line, I got cross-checked from behind. It was uh, Dave Manson. So oh, wow. I turned around <laughs> at, at 15 and uh, away we went at her. So how old was Dave at the time? Was he a veteran in the dub at the time? Uh, yeah, he would have been, um, uh, probably 19 years old, I guess, probably. So that's so, a big, yeah, that's 18, a big dude. That's a big dude. Oh, he's, he's, he's a really big dude. So, wow. And, and you just, and at this time you're, you're up against Dave Manson. You're just fresh out of midget triple a, and you're, you're now involved in a altercation with Dave Manson. I can't imagine what was going through your head at the time, but, uh, who came out on the good end and who came out on the bad end? Well, it was just, yeah, God, it was, well, you know what? I, at 15 years old, I had to wear a cage anyway. So, um, like I said, turned around and uh, we threw punches and we both fell down and that was it. But you know what? I think I got a lot of respect uh, from the Raiders, but also I got a lot of respect from uh, uh, my blade teammates uh, after I fought probably one of the toughest uh toughest guys in the league. So, uh, you know, did what I had to do and uh, had fun and didn't get hurt. So it was good. Moving to the American League, who was the toughest guy in the American League that you uh, fought during your uh, time in the American League with the Halifax Citadels? Oh, gosh, it was. uh, (laughs) And you got to think, too, like, sorry, go ahead. I just said there were so many tough guys back back in the day right i mean i remember in sherbrooke i fought both of reburge mario and sergio burge i mean ended up playing with serge in halifax later on but uh, serge was a tough 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 customer fought louis de bruskin uh, i think he was with cape britain um uh, francois larue in cape britain i mean god i can't remember who all the guys were in St. John's and uh, Fredericton. I mean, oh yeah. Um, was, was Marty McSorley with the, the Oilers at the time? No. Okay. No. Um, God, I can't, uh, can't remember his name with Fredericton. He was about six foot five. I think, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, fought, uh, fought all the heavies that were in the, in the American league, you know, and, uh, was it, you know, was, like it said, was it was it Alan Nezradine? No, 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 it wasn't Alan. Who? Uh, gosh, it was. Uh, he was a big defenseman. Nezradine would be the only guy I could think of that uh, was big and solid on the the back end for the uh, the Habs or the baby Habs. So, uh, just just looking at your hockey DB here, like it was, you know, you played. 19 games with the Citadels in 89, 90. 
91 to 93 and then you then you moved on to the Washington Capitals so just tell me about the the Minnesota you played one game in 88 89 with the Minnesota North Stars so you play one game with the North Stars then you're then you're uh, back down to Saskatoon so how was that for you like how was that first game in the NHL being called up from the oh, Saskatoon well, no, actually, I, I made Minnesota out of camp uh, when I went to uh, the camp. That's who I was drafted by. Uh, was a Minnesota North Stars, 48th overall. I wasn't even supposed to get drafted. Um, so, yeah, so I made Minnesota. We went on a road trip. Uh, I think we played Quebec and, and then uh, Montreal, and, and that's where I got to play my very first uh, NHL game was in the Montreal Forum. So, uh uh, then, like I said, I can't remember where else we played. I didn't play. And then we went back to Minnesota. They kept me around for another week. And then they decided to send me back to Saskatoon and work on my skating and work on my game. And, and which I wasn't, uh, which I wasn't too, I mean, I was, I wanted to say Minnesota, but I was okay because we were hosting Memorial Cup that year as well with the Blades. So, uh, which we ended up losing in overtime to uh, Swift Current that year. But um, yeah, so I mean, it was, it was a great, uh, a great thrill. It was a dream come through, uh, true, uh, you know, not only to play your first game, but also as a kid growing up in Saskatchewan, Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday, you either watch the Montreal Canadiens or the Toronto Maple Leafs play. And, and just the history and the, the form in Montreal with, you know, the 26 banners, whatever it was at the time. And, and all the Rocket Richard, the jerseys, uh, all retired, the greats that, that went through there. And uh, so, yeah, it was a great, uh, great thrill and a great honor to uh, play the very first game in the, in the Montreal Forum. Just, just tell the offside viewers about your, uh, your time in Halifax. How was how Halifax as a whole? And how was Robbie Vitoric? I, I'll tell you what I had. Uh, um, I had uh, great years in uh, in Halifax. Um, you know, I I think uh, code the coaches that were there. Um, like you said, I think you can see the numbers uh, uh, that I put up. I think sixty four points in like seventy games and. And uh, so another good was, year there. Like, I, I think it was Doug Carpenter. 92, um, 92. And then Robbie, Robbie Fatoric, whatever. Uh, you know what? They, they really, uh, uh, really gained a lot of confidence. Uh, they let me play. They showed me a lot of little different nuances of the game for back then. And, uh, you know, like I said, they... They give me power play. They give me penalty kill. They five on five, and uh, you know uh, they let me do my thing. But I, I know, uh, like I said, I, I like the other part of that game too. I mean, a uh, little, probably a little too much. Um, and they always told me, Kevin, just play the game. Let the, the bigger guys take uh, take care of the the other festivities. But like I said, I would think I was always there for uh, my teammates, no matter what happened. And um, you know what? It was just uh, I tried to do a little bit of everything uh, to be a complete 200 foot player. 
No, and you're you're in ninety two ninety three. You were fourth in team scoring with uh, seventy nine games played, twenty seven goals, thirty seven assists, sixty four points, with a whopping three hundred and forty five penalty minutes. You don't see you don't see that now in the NHL. You don't see a player that's fourth in team scoring with 345 penalty minutes. So it just goes to show like how much the game has changed from you know the 90s and the 2000s when you know fighting was a thing. But like I said earlier in the show about 2005 or so, the you know the uh, the Colton Lores of the NHL were kind of uh, or and the AHL for that matter were kind of just you know, slowly fading, right? So it's you don't see that that nowadays. Like I said, you 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 see more of the Tom Wilsons or the guys who can score twenty goals and also get you know get into a fight. I got yeah. I got to no, ask. Buddy. Sorry, go ahead, Keller. No, I just like I said, it was a different era back then. I mean, uh, uh, you know, like I said, it was. Uh, uh, I think a lot more hard nose. I, I think the the physicality is uh, you know um, up there, but not not in the physical presence. More more of the hitting and and that as well. Just because the guys are so much uh, in better shape with speed and and all that stuff as well. But like I said, it was uh, it was that time of the era that I played in, and uh, thought I adjusted and said I tried to do a little bit of everything. Uh, on the offensive side and uh, and the other side, as Dale Hunter always told me in Washington, he says, "Killer says if you're not moving the numbers up on the left hand column, you better be moving up numbers on the right hand side of the column." He says you got to be doing something. So uh, <laughs> that's what I kind of always stuck to. So staying on the topic of the Halifax Citadels, I'm good friends with Trevor Steinberg, who just recently stepped down from the SMU varsity men's hockey team here in Halifax. Can you, can you tell me a Trevor Steinberg story? Trevor Steinberg. Well, first of all, uh, great old roommate, uh, back in Halifax. Um, Steiny was, uh, uh, was a great character, uh, great leader. Um, you know, and, and just a great teammate. I mean, uh, both on and off the ice. And, and I just want to congratulate Steiny on, uh, you know, a hell of a career at uh, St. Mary's. Uh, you know, he did a fantastic job and, uh, and uh, you know, I still keep in contact with him, uh, catch up with him once in a while. And uh, like I said, we, we reminisce about, uh, about the old days and it's, it's fun. I mean, that's, uh, that's what it's all about. Uh, um, you know, so I, I, Gosh, I I don't know really any crazy stories. I just know we had uh, we had some fun down downtown, right outside of the the rink in Halifax. Uh, you know, have a Cheers and Lawrence of Oreganos and and all that <laughs> stuff. So uh, I was gonna but, ask. Uh, do you have a favorite club in Halifax in the nineties? Oh gosh, uh, it's, it's probably not, probably, it's probably not around anymore. But hey, just just uh, give the viewers uh, a cool or a Good uh, bar story with you and Steiny. Well, Cheers, Cheers was always uh, Cheers was always a great uh, great place to start. And then uh, Saturday, though, if we had a if we had a rare day off on a Saturday, um, you have to go to Peddlers, Peddlers Pub. 
I I I got the. I will tell you, I'm I'm 37 years old. So, Peddlers was the place to go. They had cheap pitchers. Uh, we'd go there all the time. World Juniors and Peddlers was there. Uh, Pitchman's was about. Pitchman's is now was right across from the Prince George there, right, really close to the rink. Um, above the building on the bottom half was, was a place called Pitchman's where I used to go. And yeah, Cheers was the place I used to go. You know, it, it's, it's now a different place. And I, I've heard tons of stories of certain places uh, that guys went to. Like I've talked to Chris Nyland. He, the Voyagers were before the Settlers time, but you know, the place called the Lighthouse down on Barrington and uh, the, the old the old Piccadilly and all them places, but I uh, I miss those places. So, do you do you have a favorite place that you and Steiner used to go to that you know you just could relax and you know have a beverage and just uh, just relax and do you have a do you have a, a place? Yeah, I mean it was probably uh, like you said, Cheers was a good place. Uh, the Elbow Room too. I don't know if that was there when you were around. The Elbow Room was right across no. Cheers. Uh, or from Cheers, um, uh, you know, that... and we used to go to Ped. We used to go to Peddlers to eat quite a bit too. I mean, it was uh, it was it was great food down there. Um, but Peddlers on a Saturday, I mean, it was lined out the lined up out the door oh, wow. by eleven thirty because it opened at noon, and uh, uh, the whole city of Halifax was going to Peddlers. So, um, God, I remember just uh, having lots of fun. I mean. Uh, God, uh, I think it was Kenny, Alex, and the Swell guys who used to play <laughs> Saturday night at Peddlers. Uh, they were they were a great band. They were a hilarious band. Uh, they had a lot of fun. Brought the crowd into it. Uh, I remember just drinking out of uh, uh, the Bird Dog. Rest in peace, Bird Dog. Drinking out of this cowboy. I was going to talk about him, Greg Greg Smith. Man, I I know Terry Ryan's him and Terry Ryan are. are uh, great friends bird dog playing in st john's and yeah i, I was going to mention that just some of the your favorite teammates with the citadels but uh yeah the the clubs are club scene has changed i'm i'm a little bit older now and it was it was it was uh back in the mem cup in 2019 when i was downtown last so the mem cup won't be around for maybe 20 years or so and right I'm gonna mention. I'm gonna ask you too about the the 100th great, or excuse me, the 100th Memorial Cup in Regina. But do you have a favorite Citadels uh, teammate besides Steiny? Oh gosh, I mean, you know what? It was it was just been uh, uh, John uh, Tanner uh, kind of got a bunch of the old Citadels together. Uh, John Tanner, Ivan Matulik is on there. Uh, Ken McRae, Trigger. Um, who else we got, uh, uh, Patrick Levesque, uh, there's a whole bunch of guys that, uh, John Tanner kind of put us in a group that, uh, we, we catch up on the guys and all that stuff. But, uh, I mean, bird dog was a special dude, man. He was, uh, um, uh, like I said, he'd go to war for you. Um, he had that, uh, uh, you know, just, uh, he cared for you. You know, he had the craziness, but he freaking loved you uh, as a teammate. And uh, he, like I said, he would do anything to help you out. And, uh, and that, that was kind of the same way as Steiny. I mean, 
Ken McRae Trigger was uh, was a great teammate. Um, uh, God, Gerald Bisdell, uh, uh, Serge Roberge. I mean, uh, uh, Stefan Charbonneau. Uh, you know, all, all these guys. Danny Chasse. I remember. You know, just uh, um, you know. I mean, these guys that you played with. Like I said, they're you know. You think about it from time to time, from time to time, and it's kind of neat with you know the social media now. You can kind of catch up on uh, on your old teammates once in a while just to see how they're doing. So, um, but yeah, I, I like I said, it uh, um, Halifax was uh, uh, a great four years for me. Um, you know, I, I still still have a lot of friends there. Uh, Barry Studley, uh, who was our stick boy, still. We stay in God. We see each other on Facebook pretty much every day. Uh, Chris Larson, uh, who, who's done so much for the community uh, um, in, in Halifax. And, um, you know, like I said, there's so many guys that, uh, uh, you know, I can't name off the top of my head, but I still keep in contact with to see on Facebook. And like I said, Halifax was a, was a great city to play in, um, you know, and just uh, obviously they're, they're doing well with the, the moose heads now, and unfortunately, uh, too bad pro hockey couldn't uh, stuck around because it was a great city to play in. No, and many people have said the same thing. You know, if the Voyagers kind of went downhill in the '80s, and if if a team stuck around, because it's funny, because I believe when the Voyagers left, I think it was '84 when the Voyagers left, they moved to Sherbrooke. Sherbrooke then goes on to win the Calder Cup with an average of 3000 fans. And, you know, when the Mooseheads came in 90, 94, it, it junior A just in Halifax became obsolete and that's too bad, but Hey, it's been uh, 27 odd years and we've won them a Memorial cup. So it's been, uh, it's been a great ride, but Hey, yeah, you're right. Chris Larson, I talked to quite a bit and he's part of the, the U sports and Fred McGilvery and all those gentlemen that have bought great yeah, things. Yeah great things to Halifax and whether a CFL team comes to Halifax, it's yet to be yet to be determined, but Hey, we, we've got the right people to, uh, to make this, this, uh, that happen for the city of Halifax. It's just a, such a great place. And I hope the CFL comes, but Hey, that's a conversation for another day, but do you have anything else to add to your, your AHL? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask before we do take off. How, how was playing in Orlando? Did you ever imagine growing up as a kid playing for the, the Las Vegas Thunder or the Orlando Solar Bears? Like, did you ever think growing up, I'm going to end up playing hockey in a, in a sand filled, uh, well, they're not called the province, a sand filled state, I guess you could call them. Right. Right. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it wasn't uh, even a thought back then. I mean, um, you know what, actually both those years, well, obviously, uh, you know, it was uh, kind of a injured uh, season in, in Vegas with uh, two major injuries, um, you know, took the puck to the face uh, there by Peter Nedved and, uh, you know, 85 miles an hour, shattered my whole right side of my face, two plates, 12 screws, 140 stitches, lost a little bit of vision. Um, so I was out for quite a while. I came back and then... Uh, blew out my knee and had to have surgery and and then in Orlando I think I only played five games I, I had my last concussion and 
the doctor told me uh, your career's done, and he told me actually it was on March 13th on my birthday. So it wasn't uh, wasn't a good birthday uh, celebration then, but uh, you know what? I was blessed to uh, play 11 years uh, pro. Um, you know, and again, uh, uh, got to win a Calder Cup uh, with the Portland Pirates of the Washington Capitals farm team. Uh, played with some great coaches, obviously. Played with so many great teammates uh, wherever I played, and and um, like I said, it's been uh, it's been a great ride. Hockey's uh, treated me very, very well um, and given me a life that uh, I can't thank enough for. And um, you know, and now. Now I get to pass it on just like all those coaches did to pass their, their knowledge on to me and said it's been 21 years coaching now and, um, you know, it's good to, uh, to be back home after 27 years in, uh, in the USA and, uh, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to be in the Ronge. It's a great community. Um, you know, it's the only really thing they have to do in the winter is to watch hockey besides ice fishing, hunting, and snowmobiling. So, uh, so they said they, they enjoy their hockey. I think we brought last year, you know, the three years before they only had 28 wins last year, we had 33 wins. Um, and we brought, we did every promo we could. We brought the community back to, uh, to the Mel which the Mel Hagelin arena. And, uh, you know, uh, they were only getting 200 fans a game before that. And by the end of the season and playoffs, we were, just about getting sellouts every we're getting close to a thousand people and a sellout's 1100. So we made some big strides. And uh, when we started off uh, good uh, this year with being four and one, unfortunately, uh, again, the second wave of COVID hit and uh, kind of shut down. So we're hoping uh, and praying for uh, good news on January 15th. No. And I, and I hope, I hope you guys are playing. Um, we don't know when we're going to restart sometime, maybe late January, but which, which year did you win the, the Calder cup with Portland? Uh, 93, 94. It was when they first moved from the Baltimore, they were the Baltimore Skipjacks. They moved to the, the Portland, Maine. So how, how is uh, Barry Trotz as a coach? Trotz is awesome. Uh, he's just like one of the boys, but he's, He's, he's demanding, he's firm, um, you know, and uh, both him and Paul Gardner, uh, uh, just great dudes. They had a great chemistry, uh, worked well together. And uh, like I said, we, we had a very, that was a, again, that was an excellent team. I mean, that we had, we had, you know, our goalies, uh, Ole oh. Kolzig and our backup was Byron Defoe. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> it, it's showing, it's showing here. Byron Defoe played forty-seven games, and Olaf Kolzik played twenty-nine. And you're saying, and you're saying Byron Defoe was the backup, or in in playoffs he was, yes. Oh wow! And you yeah. can't you can't go wrong with those two NHL goalies, Byron Defoe having a, a great career uh, with Boston and a few other teams. And yeah, Olaf Kolzik actually played here in in Halifax and uh, went on to a great career playing with the Washington Capitals, but. I, uh, yeah, he was MVP of the, the playoffs that year. So he was, yeah, he was, yeah, it was, it was an awesome year. It was, like I said, it was uh, um, great, great, many, many players that uh, went on to have good careers in the NHL. And and you had 30, 39 games. You had 32 points with 263 minutes in penalties, man. And, and, and you, uh, 
played with John Slaney. You, you get to play with some uh, pretty cool Newfoundlanders. So uh, I, yes. I can I can only imagine how uh, what those parties were like when uh, when you know, when you guys did get the party because I know Newfies can party. So <laughs> that they can, that they can. I am. Um, I actually have Barry Trotz uh, and the New York Islanders to uh, to win the Stanley Cup. I, I is an amazing coach, and you got to you got to play under Barry Trotz. That's a huge accomplishment, and you have an AHL uh, ring to uh, to go with your career, man. So, anything else you'd like to add, and and just. Uh, Add to this uh, well, conversation. I guess I guess the story was tiny. I guess the story was tiny and and Halifax. Okay, this is when we would go out after games. Uh, I, uh, I I had these teeth made right, and uh, I would kind of all the boys would be on one side of the wall or kind of by the corner. And I'd be by myself and and I put put my teeth in. Yeah. All right. So on there, they're molded to my uh, molded to my mouth and. I stand over and the girls would walk by and I'd kind of tap them on the shoulder. I said, hey, would you like to go dance? And uh, <laughs> they would just look and they would look back and they would run as fast as they could to, <laughs> to wherever they were going, man. It was, uh, we, had a, we had a lot of laughs with, uh, with the fake teeth uh, uh, back in Halifax and still got them. And uh, it was just a little, uh, little joke that we uh, used to have fun with. But you guys are the hotshots in Halifax. Like, even though it was an AHL team, that was the biggest ticket in Halifax. And you know, uh, I don't imagine the girls were really cared about your looks and all that stuff in and Halifax. Like, wow, you played with the Halifax Settlers. There would have been there would have been head over heels and uh, wanting to dance <laughs> without hesitation. Oh, I know. Actually, I was. I we, know. we had a, we had a little bit of fun with the with the false teeth, and uh, the boys would get a kick out of it uh, watching the girls just kind of shake their head and like what what kind of teeth are those and they would be off running so 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 no uh trevor steinberg stories that uh can be told on on steiny steiny was a very calm roommate man we we would actually a lot of a lot of times we'd sit up and uh, talk and we both loved country music so we would we would listen to country music and uh Whatever, have a few moose moosehead beer and uh, just kind of uh, moosehead beer is huge in Halifax. Alex, it is. Uh, were you able to try an Alexander Keats? No, because we were sponsored by Moosehead. Oh, too. So during your whole time in Halifax, you never once had an Alexander Keats. I was very, very loyal wow. to, uh, to my team and teammates and and the sponsorships uh, uh, in Halifax and then Moosehead. Uh, sponsored us very very well wow i um, i've had quite a few alexander keys over my time but you played here for four years and i find that hard to believe but hey that's if you guys are sponsored by uh moosehead then you have to you have to drink it but i've noticed on facebook kevin your clothing line just tell the viewers how uh how people can get a hold of the the, the, the clothing that you have have to offer on your uh on your Facebook, is there a website that? People... Yeah, just I uh, guess uh, it's the Killer Hockey uh, Twenty Three um, logo. Um, got I started way back in when I took over Barry Trotz's hockey school in Portland, Maine. When he left uh, there, 
I think to go to Nashville. And I, so I bought his and killer hockey, hockey school. And so just a buddy of mine, uh, Ryan Mulhern made this uh, logo up for me. And, and it's been a kind of a, been a big hit. I've been uh, very, very busy during uh, the winter holidays here, uh, you know, posting uh, some new stuff that I got in. And uh, uh, so I just been, uh, whatever, taking all those to the mail, delivering them, you know, Slovakia and all over the States and all over Canada. Just, uh, um, yeah, so you can go to killer-hockey.com if, if you're interested in uh, some killer swag. Uh, I'm, I'm going uh, to jump on that train in the new year. And I know I'm part of uh, a couple of other things here and I've got, <laughs> I've got, so I've got boxes of stuff here that from, players and i'm trying to promote uh especially now with my podcast uh just getting up off the ground and i know chris nyland has some cool stuff too so it's it's great to see that the the old the old or ex-alumni uh are uh offering clothing and just uh something on the side uh, away from coaching or nyland is with tsn and your your coach the lorange ice wolf so and, and, and actually, I'll just, uh, Jamie, just another thing with, with the clothing line. I have a buddy in Saskatoon here, uh, you know, has uh, lost his brother to suicide. And uh, um, so for every item that I sell, I donate a dollar to uh, Love My Mind Mental Health in Saskatoon. So it kind of, I knew his brother and, uh, you know, kind of hits home. And, um, you know, kind of the same thing with the, um you know i i've got to know a lot of people um in the states I, i'm a very uh the wounded warrior project and and all that stuff and uh like i said uh, you know they come back with uh mental illnesses and and all that stuff or mental health issues and and uh, just trying to again do a part by giving back to uh uh those warriors as well and and i know uh you know, kind of know what they're going through as a retired due to concussions and, uh, you know, took a little over two years to kind of uh, get back on track and, um, you know, with, with uh, uh, you know, like I said, it's just, uh, uh, it, it's a struggle. And, uh, and when we struggle, we don't, uh, we think we can handle it. And we don't ask for help and, uh, you know, please ask for help. Uh, you know, you can always uh, message me or email me. I can give you my email address and um, uh, we can, we can just sit and talk and uh, uh, help you get through, uh, through another day. And, and uh, that's what it's about. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, that, that's a pandemic itself, uh, the mental health everywhere. And, um, you know, hopefully we can uh, one day understand it and uh, we can uh, get a hold or a grip on it as well. And, I know everyone wants 2020 to end because of COVID and we, we want to go, uh, we want 2021 to start uh, on a good note. We'll still be living with COVID into 2021 for however long, but I strongly believe that, you know, this pandemic has brought people closer together. Uh, people haven't hadn't had time prior to COVID to go on zoom to connect and, Viewers, viewers listening to tonight's conversation with you won't see uh, the hat I'm wearing. I'm wearing a Regina Pat's hat. You know, I, I, 
I have no words to describe how much I've been connected to Regina, the Rod Peterson show. And the last couple of months, I've gotten the opportunity to spend two hours or some days I'm busy, but I do follow afterwards. And um, I will watch that video with you and Rod on his show. And man, it's it's been a blessing. Like, I, I won't take much of your time talking about the Rod Peterson show. But man, it just went it's unbelievable how his his uh his journey is has inspired me and chris nyland i look up to um i've now become friends with yourself and and theron flurry those you know every individual that's come out i've been able to connect with and man like i can't say enough good things about the rod peterson show it's canada's it's canada's version of the the view and it's it's brought people together. You're able to go on. You can chime in. You can you can add your opinion. And this couldn't have come out of it. Rod Peterson show was going before COVID, but now it just it's 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 amazing. God, yeah, I, I I've done more Zoom calls <laughs> during too. COVID, man. And yep. I, I I'm computer illiterate, but I've done more Zoom calls during COVID than I don't know what, man. So, and I was just gonna say. You must have lost the bet with uh, Rod Peterson to be wearing that hat. That's all I got to say. No, I, I, uh, <laughs> one day I was, one day I was checking the mail and, um, I don't know if someone, I don't know how they got my address. I, I do have friends in Saskatchewan. Um, I've, I have reached out to a lot of SJHL individuals that covered the league. It, there was a, a day where I had like, three or four boxes of stuff and I didn't check the the top left corner to see what what the address was i was just kind of like oh i got a box of this and getting all sorts of <clears throat> getting all sorts of stuff now from saskatchewan because of the rod peterson show i've, I've uh, awesome I've got, awesome I've, I've got my rod peterson tumbler here so there you go perfect he, he's been a huge fan and i i received this regina pat set that i'm wearing I'll, i will show uh a picture to uh, the the, all the offside Twitter followers uh, of the hat I'm wearing and the, the, tonight's conversation, but well, Rod, Rod's Rod's a good dude, man. He's he's awesome. He does a great job, and it's always good to follow him uh, as well. No, so no, and I'm and I'm not the person to you know say things just to you know to make a make someone smile. He's been a true blessing for all Canada, and and uh, I I just want to talk about. Uh, Dale Hubley, a, a friend that I've gotten to know, and, and that's another story for another day about uh, people now collecting hockey cards once again because of COVID and collecting hockey jerseys. Um, shout out to Dale Hubley and his his amazing uh, collection of uh, old Citadels and Voyager uh, Voyager jerseys. It's 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 so for you for those of you listening. Uh, I'll have a link there. How to how to uh, see that that uh, how that how to see that collection. But uh, do you still have any jerseys or pucks or anything uh, hockey related, like Citadels or any of your old AHL, uh, NHL? Do do you have any? I'm just curious. That's why I brought up the the Dale Hubley. Uh, oh, Dale's Dale's collection there is absolutely outstanding, man. That's uh, that's phenomenal. Uh, hats off to him for. Uh, for doing that that's uh that's a lot of history and uh you know um you know it, it's uh 
yeah, it just it's just amazing what all that he collected. But for myself, yeah, I've uh, I've got a I've got a jersey from uh, every team that I've uh, played on, um, and then some. And uh, uh, yeah, so I, I'm a big collector myself in uh, memorabilia. I got uh, quite a bit of stuff that uh, I got uh, kicking around, and um, you know, just. Uh, Nice to have, and nice to have those connections well, to uh, get it when, especially when, it, when I was playing in the NHL. When it comes time for you to part with your jerseys, and I don't imagine you're ever going to sell anything you have that's dear to your heart, but I'm going to have to fight uh, Dale Hubley over it. I, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Kevin Kaminsky fan, and, and like you said, this COVID is it brought good to to Canadians. It's gotten people closer together, and. Never in a million years I thought I'd be connecting with, you know, old uh, ex-Citadels players or, man, it just, it's opened the doors to uh, getting this podcast off the ground and, uh, yeah, take advantage of it because once uh, COVID uh, becomes long gone, people are going to be back at the rinks playing hockey with their teams, either if it's, and the alumni is going to, they're going to be busy with events and you're going to be busy coaching. So take advantage of it while you can. And, and, you know, sure. uh, I've gone through mental health and connect with people that you never thought you would connect with. Right. It's just take advantage of it. And uh, especially during Christmas, Christmas and the holidays, you know, I know uh, some of us aren't allowed to go to the rink, but Hey, let's stay positive. And man, you've been a, you've been a great, uh, mentor in the last uh, week or two that I've gotten to know you and man it's just such a such a cool feeling to know that uh, that, that, are, that guys are available that have played uh, played hockey to uh, be able to reach out so I, I've got no, no, I've got nothing right, else to going. say but man thank you very very much for uh, joining me and uh, I know everyone in Halifax here is going to uh, be tickled pink knowing that uh, that I had Kevin Kaminsky on this evening well, you're very welcome. It's a pleasure to be on your show. I mean, uh, you know, I think as a player that uh, uh, no matter, like I said, I've been retired for what, 21 years. Uh, you know, we, we, we still got to carry the game. Um, we still got to give back, uh, whether it's charity or whether it's taking the time to talk to all the people on the podcast and hear your story and uh, talk about where you're at and what where what team you're coaching all that kind of stuff uh like i said i think we still got to carry uh carry the game and uh and let people you know like i said our the people that used to watch us like i said they're they're on their you know unfortunately they're on the way out right and 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 who's going to remember us once those people you know like i said with my with my killer hockey i i get i get older people that all want my stuff. I don't get very many kids unless I'm, unless I sell it at a hockey school. I, I get all the, all my old fans that watch me at the blades and uh, Washington and Halifax. There's a guy uh, just got some stuff from Halifax, um, you know, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Fresno, California, just places where I've coached and where I played. Um, you know, they're the ones buying the stuff that, that used to, like I said, used to watch me. Um, it's not the it's not the youth growing up right now that are buying it. Well, you you see the stuff behind me. I I um, 
I have these two pucks here, these two Citadel's pucks. And on the back of one, it says the old, it's got the old Metro Center. And then this one's game used from uh, Dwayne Norris. So I've got oh, nice. Old Nori. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I have to talk to you again in the new year. I, I want to hear about Dwayne Norris, a, a great Newfoundlander. And as you can see in the background here in uh, my uh, basement, I'm starting to hoard hoard pucks again because of COVID. So, Perfect. yeah. So, I, 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 I'll, we'll we'll be in we'll be in touch. I'm 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 gonna try to snag something from you probably in the new year. Just to just hey hey, I got a piece of uh, Kevin Kaminsky uh, memorabilia. So. That that's all, man. This has been a great episode of the OI at Offside Hockey Talk podcast, man. Uh, it's been a treat, and I know the the viewers listening in Halifax are going to be uh, tickled pink. Uh, tickled pink when uh, they well, that's in January. Beyond January, and, uh, um, it was a, it was an honor. And uh, again, all the people in Halifax, uh, I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and uh, Stay safe and healthy during these kind during these crazy times, man. And uh, um, again, uh, enjoy your loved ones. Thank you very much. Not not a problem, man. You've been a you've been a huge inspiration. It's you know all the guys that have fought their way up through the the WHL, Q, and AHL, and they're they're inspiring individuals. And 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 people forget, you know, it's unfortunate. Everyone thinks, you know, I've Thanks of the McKinnons and the Crosbys and the Wayne Gretzkys and people forget about, you know, Dave Semenko and, and, you know, the, the, the Kaminsky's and the Christian islands and the Steinbergs, they, they, they forget about the guys that fought the way up and some guys had it easier than others, but man, you, you really need to, you, you really need to expose the guys that are, you know, that are forgotten. Right. And it's, man, it's just such, such an inspiration to know that, someone like yourself is available and you can, people can reach out to you. So how can people uh, find you just p- provide the viewers with an email or some sort of contact that they can, that they can. You know what? Probably of. just go to my Instagram. I, I'm my, uh, my, I think Facebook, I've got 5,000 followers. So uh, probably got to get rid of some, but uh, <laughs> uh, go to Instagram, um, okay. you know, killer 2332 and uh that's my handle and i'll uh add you on or or message me and if you need to talk about uh, anything mental health or whatever i'll i'll be around man no i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna stay connected 100 percent. i don't have instagram but i'm on twitter quite a bit and uh i don't even know how, i got a handle but i don't even know how to use it so no no i'm i'm gonna have uh i'm gonna have uh this episode drop in January. I'm going to have your contacts. I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to have a link on how people can find your, your clothing, man. And it's again, thank you very much for uh, joining me tonight, Kevin. No problem, Jamie. I appreciate it, man. So have yourself a Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. You, you as well. And to all the Kaminsky's have a very Merry Christmas and uh, happy new year. You got it. Take care.